Sweetie Dara Mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 58, Triangulation. And this is such a good topic to talk about because I feel like there's so much unrest going on. And the term was taught to me by Dr. Jen Mann, who is my favorite psychotherapist. She used to have a show on Sirius, and then she didn't have a show on Sirius. And she keeps saying, I'm going to be back. I'm going to be back. And it's like been three years since she's been back. And she still is not back. So yeah, it was like three years ago. And she's like, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. And she does a lot of other things. I just loved her call and radio show. And the term triangulation is if you're having conflict or stress with one person, it's very normal to want to offset some of that energy onto someone else. Be like, can you believe that she or he is doing that? And sometimes that person knows the other person, and sometimes they don't know the person. But when you bring the third person into the story, you are triangulating them into the relationship. And so I find myself doing this quite a bit. Sometimes I get in trouble. Sometimes I'm brought in and I'm the third party. One of the biggest misconceptions about me, our family, my life, is that everything is always hunky-dory and that I'm not experiencing 50-50. And when I share with people that I'm experiencing 50-50 every single day, they have a sense of relief about that. So I just want to remind you over and over and over that I'm experiencing 50-50 just like you. What I've stopped doing through this work is I've stopped having anxiety about my anxiety. When I'm sad, I don't get sad that I'm sad. When I'm upset, I don't get upset that I'm upset. Does that make sense? So I don't pile on and feel double the feeling. I don't want to double dip on sadness because that's no bueno. There's so much debate going on about everything right now. And I love this email by Brooke Castillo. She says, the world is a place of contrast right now. People are too. Some people will love you and accept you. Some won't. Some will have manuals for you. Some won't. A lot of horror in the world. A lot of beauty. Anger and fighting. Coming together and love. Danger and brutality. Safety and protection. It's all there. It makes my heart ache and burst all at once. Don't hide. Take it all in. Know what is happening, but most importantly, know yourself. Have a beautiful weekend. And that is what 50-50 is all about. Because I think we're all experiencing 50-50 right now. And what I want to encourage you to do and what I encourage myself to do every day is to experience the 50-50 and not run away from it. Because if I'm having anxiety, I don't want to have anxiety about my anxiety because then I'm double dipping in anxiety. If I'm having sadness, I don't want to feel sad that I'm feeling sad. If I'm feeling angry, I don't want to be mad at myself that I'm feeling angry. I want to put my palms up to experience the whole human experience. And right now there is so much contrast and there's so much unrest and there's so much unknown that it's getting kind of sticky and it's getting kind of tricky. It's getting, it's getting, it's getting kind of tricky. (laughs) Or is it sticky? What's that song? Triangulation is when you bring a third party into the relationship and sometimes it's done emotionally and sometimes it's done physically. When I was a counselor in the schools, this was my job. I was the triangle. 
Parents would call me all the time when they had a complaint about their child's teacher because going to the principal seemed too severe and too strong, and I was almost like their safe person. Let me bounce it off Kelly. And then I'd always say, is it okay if I share your concerns with the teacher? And they say, of course, because they didn't want to do it. And that was okay. That is a normal part of triangulation. It's awkward to say that to someone's face. I can probably soften it a little bit. I can say they have some concerns. Let's get together. Let's have a meeting. Let's put the child in their best interest at heart. And so that was my job. And I actually enjoyed it when they would call and then I would talk to the teacher and then they would say what was going on with the student and where there was a disconnect. And then we would all sit down at a table, big old boardroom, sometimes with the child, sometimes without the child, sometimes with, you know, ESE coordinators, just a whole intervention team. And the whole goal was always, how do we help this child? So I acted almost as the buffer between the parent and the teacher. So there was no bad blood. There was another point of intervention. My job as a counselor was to help the child get their mind off or have coping skills for whatever's going on in their personal life or in their school life, if they're having problems making friends, if there was a divorce going on, if there was a death in the family, how can I help the child so they can focus at school? And so the teacher's job was obviously to help with that too, but they were more academic focused. And so how can we work together to make this child successful? The problem with that triangle is that I brought that job or that role into my other relationships, which was no bueno. This is how it would go down. So I like giving you examples, and I know you love examples, because when you have examples of something that's going on in my life or went on in my life or with clients or with what I see in general, you can plug in the players and see yourself in those stories. So I don't tell stories about myself to talk about myself. I tell stories so you can see yourself in my story. You just change the characters. Because if you think of life as always one big lesson, then you always think, how is this happening for me instead of why is this happening to me over and over and over? Because if we don't get the lessons from the relationships, then we don't grow and evolve. And then it's just rinse, repeat, groundhog day. Why does this always happen? We're the victim, they're the villain. And that is a lose-lose. Just know that everybody is doing the very best job that they can. When you assume that and you think that about all the people, then you can have love and compassion for them. So a funny story, I taught at the same school as my sister. And so I'd be on the phone with my mom and my mom would say, hey, how's your sister doing? I haven't heard from her in a while. I'm like, she's doing great. I, I don't know. I mean, call her. And she's like, I called her on Tuesday, but I haven't heard back. I'm like, oh, that's weird. I'll mention it to her. So then I would walk on down and be like, hey, mom said, you know, she wants to hear from you. She said she called you on Tuesday. And she's like, no, she never called me on Tuesday. I called her on Wednesday. I left a message at her, at her, at her work. So then next time I'm talking to my mom, I'm like, oh, she said she called you on Wednesday. She left a message at your work. Well, I don't have a message here at work. And here I am trying to be the glue, trying to be the referee, trying to like make everybody happy, getting my nose dirty where it does not belong and not minding my own business. And here I am trying to tell my mom, oh, yeah, she did call. Check this voicemail and try to solve, fix, solve, fix, solve, fix. Instead of focusing on my side of the street, it ain't your business, girl, is what I should have told myself. But part of me was almost like, I got to fix this. I got to make this better, even though it wasn't my job and there was no problem. Sister was fine with mom. Mom was fine with sister. Everything was good. I was making problems where there didn't need to be problems. I could have said, oh, that's weird. Try her again. And then when my mom says, I haven't heard from your sister. Oh, that's weird. You should try her again. Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. And once I took myself out of that triangle, my life was so much easier. Why was I creating stress in my own life when there was no problem? And I was trying to create a problem because I wanted to be the hero. My ego was like, I'm going to fix this. Woohoo! I'm a superwoman. And I had the cape. 
So you'll see a lot of these examples in so many relationships where you are either triangulating someone else into the situation or you are the person pulled into the situation. I was privy to a Facebook post done about me in a private group. I wasn't even in the group. And they screenshot my picture and another picture of who they thought was my boss and said, what do you think about this girl? I'm not a big fan. I don't even know who did this. We should call her boss. And that's funny to say because I am my own boss. So that was just bizarre. They posted another picture who they thought was my boss. And I don't even know who that person was. And so there was many people in this group that knew me. And so they screenshot it and said, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but this is kind of going on. I don't really know what to say about it. I don't really know what to do about it. And it was really strange. And it was really rattled me because the things that they were saying about me, I was like, what is going on? It was like being in high school and getting those slam books. You remember when they used to put someone's name and then you put adjectives about them? And there was lots of nice things. And of course, those aren't the things I remember. There was also very unkind things said about me. And I was like, what is going on? And some of the people I knew, I was like, I thought we were cool, girl. One of them said, I don't even think she graduated. I told my dad that and I was so upset. And he's like, just show me your diploma. I'm like, dad, it's not about the diploma. And then they said, you ready for this? Her podcast is BS. I was like, oh, I was like clutching my pearls, even though I don't know a pearl necklace. And I have to tell you, I get hundreds of reviews and comments and appreciation and so much love from all of you. And this person doesn't even listen, so they're not listening to this. There was other things said, and I was like, huh, what, huh? I was just very, it was bizarre to see all of this happening real time about me. Like, what is happening? What is going on? So I just took it as a great learning lesson of how sometimes people spout off and they don't mean anything by it, or they do mean something by it, and that's okay. And I love the quote by Brooke. It's not really a quote. She says, it's okay for people to be wrong about me. It's okay for people to think I didn't graduate from FGCU and UCF. It's okay. My dad will show you my diploma. It's okay that people think that my podcast is BS. It's okay that people make fun of life coaching. It's okay that people make fun of counseling or positive parenting. It's all okay. Now, it didn't immediately get to that place where it's all okay, but after some learning and some thinking and some mind management, and I love the quote, and I don't know the official person who said this first because it's quoted by many different people. I have Bill Johnson. I have Cornelius Lindsay, Diane LaPere. You get the point. It's not my quote. Lots of people said it. I don't know who, but it's a great one for this. If you live off people's compliments, you'll die from their criticism. That was Cornelius Lindsay. And I love that quote because you have to remind yourself when there is criticism, it has nothing to do with you. And when there's applause, it has nothing to do with you. When you are the soul having a human experience and you're being yourself and you're being authentic and you're checking your side of the street and you did graduate and you know that you did. And you don't think that your podcast is BS or whatever it is that they say about you. It could be your mother-in-law. It could be your own mother saying something about you. You have to check your side of the street, check your heart, clutch your pearls, that's okay, and just know that it's okay for people to be wrong about you. And when they're very far out in Saturn, you have to give it the level of grain of salt of where they are in Saturn. So if they're in your four walls and saying things like that, it's a bigger grain of salt because it's something that you need to look within and be like, how can I make this better? And how do I, I want to make this better for this person because I love this person and they're my four walls and they're saying something that I've hurt them or they're saying something where there's a disconnect or there's a miscommunication. When they're further out in Saturn, 
and you might have them over for chicken dinner, or you might give them a hug in public. If you're allowed to hug in public, then you have to give it the grain of salt because they don't know you as well as you thought they did. And maybe part of it is right. Maybe my podcast is BS. <laughs> maybe. Well, I know I graduated. And so I say all this because there was one person in particular that I was shocked by because if I saw her at Walmart, I'd give her a big old honking hug. Hey, hi, you know, and I think she'd hug me back. So I thought we were good, good in the hood. So I was very surprised by what I was reading. And so we have a mutual friend that knows her a lot better. And so what my instinct wanted to do was triangulate our mutual friend and say, what is going on with Susie Q? She ripped me a new one. And I thought we were good in the hood. But all of a sudden, that's Susie Q's problem. And guess what? It's a lose-lose. Because then she goes to Susie Q. Susie Q tells some things to my friend, our friend. And then it just gets all cockamania and yucky and icky for everybody. So I don't want to involve our friend, and I don't want other people to involve me. And when they try to do that to you, you can say super neutral, super neutral. And I know this happens in a lot of relationships because I hear from all of you. Sometimes it happens between a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law and a husband. Mother-in-laws are very protective over their little boy. Wives are very protective of their husbands. So sometimes husband feels like they are in a triangle, trying to get mother-in-law and daughter-in-law to get along. I love you, Dottie, dearly. That's my mother-in-law. So I'm not talking about you. But I hear from a lot of moms that are dealing with mother-in-laws. What if we just love the mother-in-law and we drop the manual for her and we don't triangulate her and we don't triangulate our husband and we let her say the crazy things she's going to say about you because she, you know she's coming from a place of love and she's coming from a place of protection and she's coming from maybe a place of fear. You don't make peace with it coming from judgment like you're better than her. You come at it with love and compassion. In the end, she helped mold your beautiful husband that you have right now. So if for nothing else, let her say all the crazy things that she says at Thanksgiving or at Hanukkah or at Easter or at a birthday party and just love her through it all and just see her for doing all the things that she's doing if she's acting cray-cray. And I don't mean cray-cray, but like saying wackadoo things that just like, what? What was that? Where'd that come from? We can just love her because when you love her, it benefits you and it benefits your relationship. Even if you're not mushy-gushy, ushy-gushy, it feels very uncomfortable to feel fake. So if we just have nothing but love for her and we manage our mind about the mother-in-law at the birthday party and that she helped mold your husband, then it's nothing but love. She can say the craziest things ever. She can even say you're a bad mom because you know you're check your side of the street. You clutch your pearls. You know you graduated from the college. You know your side of the street. And you're confident in that. And it's okay that she doesn't know you as well as you wish she did or know you on the level that you know yourself. This happens a lot in a divorce. The child is bouncing back from different homes and there might be frustrations between husband and ex-wife. Husband can't talk to ex-wife. So husband talks through the children. Well, your mother, da, la, 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 la. and then the child gets an earful. And then the child who wants all the people happy because he loves mom and dad equally. And he or she doesn't know what to do with all this stuff that they're hearing. So they want to make it better. So then they go back to mom and they say, la, 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 la. and so now the child is triangulated into this relationship. When they don't know what to do in that triangle and they're pretty helpless, it's a lose-lose for everybody in the triangle because it's not like things get settled. It's not like that's a great way. They're a great mediator. I posted a quote the other day and I love posting quotes. I'm addicted to quotes, as you know. I think it's because my love language is words of affirmation. So when I see a quote that's going to help someone, I'm like, yes, let's share it. Grady's like, mom, the motivational quotes in your phone are a little out of control. 
I'm like, I agree, buddy. So I posted one the other day that you guys loved. And I love when you love things because then that tells me what you need to learn more about and what you want to hear more about and what you're hurting, what your struggle. I always want to know what your pain points are. So always tell me your pain. Always tell me where you're struggling. Always tell me all the things. Because when you tell me all the things, you have to know I get hundreds of emails. So I'm getting a bird's eye view of what most people are dealing with. So I want to normalize that for you as much as possible. That there's a lot of moms struggling to feel like they have to be perfect. A lot of moms feeling like they have to have this perfect relationship with their mother-in-law. A lot of moms are feeling so much guilt because they feel like they're the only ones yelling at their child. And I want to normalize that for all of you to take the pressure off your shoulders and that will alleviate the struggle a little bit. It's kind of like when I was going through in vitro, it was still hard to go through all the things. But when I found that group on Baby Center, it wasn't as hard because I felt normal. I didn't feel broken. I felt hope. And so this podcast, it might be BS for some people, and that's fine. Those aren't my people, and I'm not their people. We're not a match. It's like going to Payless, RIP Payless. I love your store. And trying on shoes, and some shoes fit, and some shoes don't, and that's okay. All the shoes are awesome. Doesn't mean I'm better or worse than that person. Doesn't mean they're better or worse than me. I'm not the victim. They're not the villain. There is no victim. There is no villain. Then you can kind of drop the rope a little bit and be like, oh, yeah. Because there's some podcasts that I don't like. There's some podcasts that I don't listen to. Now, a triangulation is used a lot in family therapy because they use an example in the study that I was reading. They said, for an example, in a dysfunctional family where there's alcoholism present, the non-drinking parent will go to a child and express dissatisfaction with the drinking parent. So think of a triad. There's alcoholism present. The non-drinking parent goes to the child to kind of like vent. It's almost like that saying of you kick the dog when you get home after a hard day. Oh my gosh, I used that term the other day and someone actually thought that I kicked my dog. They're like, I can't believe you kick your dog at the end of the day. That's awful. That's horrific. I can't. I'm like, oh my, I wouldn't even flick a dog. Like, I, I, what? It's okay for people to be wrong about you. Anyway, the saying goes, when you get home after a hard day, you want to kick the dog. Obviously, no one kicks the dog. It's the saying because you have so much stress and vent. You want to vent and express some of that frustration. And so sometimes people get a lot of relief from yelling. Sometimes it's with a drink to take the edge off to alleviate some of that. What this podcast is hopefully resonating is that you don't need to take the edge off, lean into it versus trying to push it away and kicking the dog and drinking the drink, whatever. So sometimes when there's alcoholism present in a family, they want to offset some of that frustration they have with the alcoholic parent. So they go to the child to kind of vent a little bit. Like, I can't believe he or she did that. I can't believe they're out again. I can't believe they left their beer bottles all over the counter. Whatever it is, fill in the blanks. This includes the child in the discussion of how to solve the problem of the alcoholic parent. Sometimes the child can engage in the relationship with the parent, filling the role of the third party and thereby being triangulated into the relationship. You may have been triangulated into relationships when you were a child. Also, the child may then go to the alcoholic parent, relaying what they were told. In instances when this occurs, the child may be forced into the role of a surrogate spouse. That is profound, to make a seven-year-old a surrogate spouse. You may have grown up in a relationship and been in a triangle when you were in your family dynamic and been the surrogate spouse because you wanted to make everybody happy. So you helped your mom or you helped your dad. You felt like you could solve all the things because you just wanted them happy. You wanted the family unit. So I want you to look at it with your big girl eyes or your big boy eyes, if you're a male listening to this, and see that what happened to you wasn't the right way to handle the situation. 
Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with your parents. Doesn't mean they're evil. Doesn't mean they're cruel. It just wasn't the greatest idea. But when you can look at it from your adult eyes and see the little girl inside of you or the little boy inside of you and how much you were trying to make that triangle complete, then you can have love and compassion for your little girl in you and the little boy in you and also the parents that had little girls and little boys inside of them that just wanted to be loved and sometimes missed the mark. Then you can have love and compassion for all the people and not repeat the cycle. The reason that this occurs is that both parties are dysfunctional, and so rather than communicating directly with each other, husband and wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, they utilize a third party, almost like a buffer, and sometimes this is because it's unsafe to go directly to the person and discuss the concerns, particularly if they are alcoholic and or abusive, or they're going to have a temper tantrum. So sometimes it's a way to have that discussion with a frustrating person in their life instead of going directly to them because they know it's going to be explosive. There might be yelling, there might be screaming, there might be defensiveness. Go to the third party who is safer like a child, kind of like they did in the school system. They came to me as the counselor because I was the safe person. That is a normal, healthy way to triangulate. Triangulating a child, if that happened to you, is not the healthiest way. But just know that they were doing it to offset some of their frustration and they didn't know what else to do. So it's not coming from a place of beating yourself up or beating them up in your mind. Like they should have, they should have, they should have. Having nothing but love and compassion and understanding and seeing it with your big girl eyes, watching the little girl who was trying so hard and knowing that you don't have to do that in your adult relationships. That is true freedom. And so the quote that I posted the other day that you guys, L-O-V-E-D with a capital L was, and this is by Nicole LaPera, who I love her Instagram. It is fire. Every time she posts something, I'm like, yes, she has a way of saying things in like eight words that would take me eight minutes to tell you. She packs a lot of punch into her one-liners. And you can sign up for her text too. And when she texts me, I almost drop the phone sometimes. I'm like, what? That was amazing. That would have been a whole podcast, this one quote. So this quote she posted because she has helped me understand the family dynamics of helping people when they want to heal their inner child when I'm helping clients that have a lot of wounds from their childhood. And so it says family is everything. And then there's a line through it. And it says family does not mean a consistent sacrifice in your emotional well-being. And everybody was like, oh, I needed this. Very true. Thank you so much. Love this. Never heard it said that way. I wish everybody understood this. Thank you. Thank you. Needed this. Struggling with this right now. And on and on and on. And what it's saying is kind of like we talked about in the Saturn podcast, If you haven't heard that one yet, I think it's like seven or eight. Managing your relationships, what Saturn got to do with it. It's like the Tina Turner song. What's love got to do? Okay, so it's what it's saying is DNA does not trump the line. When you become an emotional adult, you want to have people in your life that are good influences on your children and their heart, your heart, your spouse's heart, whoever lives within your four walls. So toxicity You can have love and abundance and kindness for them in your heart, but you don't have to have them over every night for chicken dinner. You see the difference? And so just because they're DNA, they don't trump the line. Because a lot of times, if there was a parent relationship that you wanted desperately when you were little and the parent wasn't there for you emotionally, physically, sometimes when we grow up, our brain holds on to that pain and that says, well, I couldn't get my mom or my dad to show up at my softball games. So I'm going to invite the grandparents to my daughter's recital. Of course, they're going to go to the recital. They may have disappointed me when I was younger, but they're not going to disappoint my daughter, their granddaughter, 
And so we have this huge manual for the grandparent, and then they don't show up at the recital. What you're doing is you're using your child as a pawn to heal that old wound in current time. And then they don't show up for the recital because their car had a flat tire for the fourth time that week or whatever it is. They don't show up. And then you put your hands up in the air like, see, never happened. I knew it was going to happen. Always happened. Reminds me when I was seven and they didn't come to my playoffs when I was playing softball. And so then you just re-victimize yourself over and over and over. And then you do it to your child. So once you're aware of this and you're awake from it, you can still invite them but you have no expectation, no manual for them to come because healing that old wound in current time is not going to be done through your children because you're going to be the parent that you needed when you were younger. I also don't want you to swing the pendulum so far over. They didn't go to your softball games, as an example. So then you learned, like, I am never going to do that because that felt terrible looking up in the stands and expecting them to come. And they said they were coming and they were coming and they're coming and they never came. And that feeling of sadness, you never want your child to feel. So then you swing the pendulum the other way and you're like the team mom, the team manager, the referee. You're like washing all the uniforms for all the players because you go the other way and you lose yourself in your children. You lose your identity because you don't want that so much for them that you overdo. And I don't want you to get lost in your children because your children need to know that enmeshment does not equal love. And I talked about in the whole versus whole podcast because your children are going to be grown and flown. And when they are grown and flown, you want them to go with a full identity, not feeling like they're taking mom with them and mom's identity or dad's identity. Does that make sense? I love this example. If you've ever had braces or you've ever known someone who has braces, they put these things in between the teeth that are called spacers. And sometimes that just gives a little space in between the teeth as they're growing and spreading so they don't grow and spread so fast. And so sometimes the spacers in our teeth Sometimes I'll see parents that will use their child as a spacer or a buffer between husband and wife to avoid vulnerability. They're living through the kids and then they lose their relationship. Or sometimes the husband is resentful that there's a child in the bed because it's acting as a buffer or a spacer. And the mom wants the child in the bed and subconsciously wants the child in the bed to avoid vulnerability. Or sometimes when they are ready to be grown and flown, there might be issues between husband and wife. And so they have the child stay a little bit longer after they should be grown and flown. And I don't mean should, but it's time to be grown and flown. But sometimes mom or dad might clip the wings of the child to keep them home because that child acts as a buffer, acts as a distraction, acts as a spacer between husband and wife where they don't have to deal with their issues or kind of talk to each other because they triangulate their child in that relationship. And so they kind of live through the child and talk about the child instead of talking to each other. And so that child, unbeknownst to them, is the third wheel in that relationship. Does that make sense? As I'm talking to you on a podcast that you can't respond to, I feel like blues clues. When they look in, they're like, what color is an apple? And my kids would be like, it's red, it's red. You're right, it's red. Oh my gosh, so funny. That's how I sound like when I'm talking to you. So I just want you to be aware of triangulation. You'll see how you'll find yourself in it. I've been in it many times and been in very sticky situations that I've put myself in and been involved in things that I did not need to be involved in and created drama and stress in my own life and sleepless nights. And so that's part of the 50-50. You step in it and you're like, I'm not going to step in that again. Or sometimes you might be the third person in the triangle. And you're like, how did I get myself in this? This is insane. I want out. But it's all learning and growing. It's all 50-50. And so when you can learn and grow from it, 
and not be enmeshed and not live for the praise because then you'll fall from the criticism. Because if I listen to all my critics, this podcast would not be here. If I listen to all the applause and then the applause got quieter, I'd be like, oh, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? And then I'm making this podcast about me instead of making this podcast about you and your precious children. So I want to make you aware of triangulation, see how it's shown up in your life in the past, the present, and then how you can avoid it in the future or do it in a healthy way, kind of like I did in the schools where that was my job, that was my role. But you can avoid so much heartache when you just take yourself out of it and you don't involve other people. Then your life will be just a little bit easier, but it will always be 50-50. So I really hope this helped to open your eyes to triangulation, what it is, how to avoid it, how to have it healthily, not get enmeshed and codependent in other people's relationships. And I'll talk to you next week. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.